Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Slaw Sports Show. I'm your host, Cole Noble, a.k.a. Slaw, and today we're going to be going unscripted with a good friend of mine, Steve Studwell Pritchard, a former professional wrestler and a huge fan of the Atlanta Falcons and the Georgia Bulldogs. So we're going to have a lot of good stuff to talk about today, and we're going to be going unscripted. So we're going to be bouncing ideas off of each other and just having a fun uh, discussion today. So thank you for listening to this episode, and if you get a chance, go back and check out some of the other episodes as well. A lot of great content on the channel, and a lot of big things coming to this channel in the couple uh, weeks in the future. So just thank you everybody for all the support, and let's go ahead and get started and welcome Steve to the podcast. All right, Steve, how's it going, man? Good, Cole. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh... So I kind of let's go ahead and just start out. Um, tell me about how you got into wrestling. I mean, I don't really know much of the story there, and I'm sure no one else really does. So let's hear it. All right. Well, when I was growing up in Georgia, I would go and spend weekends with my grandmother, and she was a big wrestling fan. So we would watch, and I was probably well, even when I was little. But I started getting interested when I was about 10, 11 years old. We'd go over to her house and watch wrestling. And I just became a big, huge fan. And so uh, several years ago, the power plant in Atlanta, just the other side of Atlanta, had an advertisement on TV that they were going to have a wrestling school. So I went and checked it out and signed up for it. And when I was 17, went and met them. And then uh, two years later, I joined up and started training and six months they got me into the ring and um so when you're watching it who was your favorite guy probably growing up watching my favorite guy was hot rod roddy Piper. <laughs> yeah he was I a good one him. i loved him and the mad dog bus sawyer was at the time oh yeah yeah and of course another one was wildfire tommy rich which is interesting because years later, we became tag team partners. Tag team partners? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about that? I never knew I, you were got, tag teaming. I've got photos of me and Tommy with the belts. Uh, <laughs> we traveled around, and he was a fun guy. Tommy Richardson's his last, real last name. He's from Tennessee, Richardson, Tennessee. Yeah. And uh, what what's probably your favorite um, memory in the ring? In the ring? Yeah. It probably was. Yes, uh, Tommy Rich. What was that? Me I'm in one little bad spot here, but oh, you okay. hear me now, good? Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Me and Tommy Rich was in a match against Joel Deaton, the outlaw Joel Deaton, mm-hmm. and the Abdul Butcher. Ah. And that was a, I still got a video of that match, actually. It was really good and a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, so, and it wound up, we won the match and won the belts, and that was a really fun match. Yeah, yeah. So how many, how many belts did you win over your course of wrestling? Let's see, when I first started, my first two years, I won't. 
Oh, I think you're cutting out again there, Steve. I'm, I'm almost through this spot. I forgot about this one little spot. Uh, what about now? Is it good now? Yep, you're good. So, my first belt was the National Junior Heavyweight Champion in Georgia Championship Wrestling. Yeah. And it was just a little thing they did back then, and it was guys who weighed 230 or less. They had a little tournament, and I won that tournament. And then I was the Georgia Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion after that. Then me and Tommy Rich won the Georgia Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. And then uh, later on, I won a couple in different organizations, a couple little heavyweight titles here and there. But those were the good ones that I just told you about. Yeah, you got quite a little wrestling resume there with all your belts and wins you've got over the years. And um, one of the things I've always wanted to know is where did you get the name Steve Studwell from? <laughs> well, you know, I wrestled for 13 years. And out of that 13 years, only a year and a half, I was the bad guy. And I actually stole the name from, there was a football player from the Minnesota Vikings. And his last name was Studwell. Oh, no, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know that's funny. And so I there one day and I was acting up. And I told the promoter, I, I just went up to him and I said, you know, I'm quite a stud. I'm going to call myself Studwell. And then <laughs> from there we went on and done an interview and I wound up being Steve Studwell for a little bit. Nice. Well, it, it seemed to suit you. And um, so back, you said bad guy. Yeah, it's just called a heel. So a good guy was called a baby face. Yeah. And a bad guy was called a heel. Uh, and, uh, and you cheat and you lie. Fucking <laughs> with the crowd. Because I had a baby face all the years I wrestled. Uh, I mean, I really had a baby face. Not only was I a baby face, I had a baby face. <laughs> so it was hard to turn into a heel. But I, for a year and a half, and it worked out really good. Um that's how that worked out. So you're the guy always talking trash out in the, the crowd and the other wrestlers and getting under their, under their skin? Yeah, that's what the bad guy slash heel is. So but I've only done it for one, about a year and a half out of 13 years. Oh, okay, yeah, I got you. Well, we're just, we're going to switch off of uh, wrestling here for a little bit. And then... Oh, I want to tell you one thing. Though, okay, before, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so... Not many people know it, but Bruiser Brody, who got killed in Puerto Rico, who was a good man, and I joked with him a lot because I'd always tell him, hey, I got an angle. Let me run behind you and jump up with some smelling sauce and knock you out and pin you for the title because he was a big man. He was about 6'5", 6'6", six, 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 about 320 pounds. Yeah. And he looked, he looked scary, but he was really a really nice guy. <laughs> So before his when he got killed in Puerto Rico, his last match in the states, me and him were tag team partners in a little small town. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, all right, let's switch off of that. What do you want to go to? All right, so I've heard that you're a huge Georgia Bulldogs fan. Is that right? Yeah, I love the dogs. <laughs> yes. And then the last episode I had when I had um, Coach Daniel Corn on the show, he said that his um, inevitable prediction for the national championship is Clemson 
and Alabama. So we didn't have your Bulldogs on there. What do you think about that? Well, it's coming from Daniel Corner, of course. <laughs> and he's just because it's happened the last three out of four years, anybody can guess that. But I think this is the year that Georgia, two years in a row, have somehow lost to Alabama in the last second when they had game one. So I think this is the year that Georgia can put Alabama down. So you, and, I think, and I think they match up really good against Clemson, Georgia will. Yep. Uh, the so defense you, is fast, and uh, Georgia's got this running back that nobody's seen last year. He tore his ACL last year. But he comes out around the – comes from around the Winston-Salem or Raleigh area. Zamir White. Oh, yeah. That they're not talking about it much right now. Cause DeAndre Swift is very good, but this is a mere white guy's going to surprise everybody. I think he, he's going to be a Heisman Trophy candidate playing. I mean, yeah, that's a possibility. So you think um, Georgia's finally going to uh, figure out the uh, script of Alabama and just turn the turn the tide around, so to say, this yeah. year? Yeah, they've already figured them out and lose it in the last second with a big lead. But um, like Kirby Smart said the other day, they said, hey, what you going to do about Alabama? And he says, well, hopefully their backup quarterback is hurt when we play them. <laughs> Two years in a row, the backup quarterback is the one that came in and beat them. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, yeah, maybe they just – like you said, they've come down to the wire with Alabama the last two years, so maybe this is the year they can close them out. And, I'm, I mean, I could probably see that happening. Um, Kirby Smart and Jake Fromm might have figured out the recipe here going into if they go into a year three against Bama. Yeah, and Fromm, hopefully he won't. seems like every year he has one really bad game. Not, and not, it wasn't against Alabama. It was other games during the season. Last year it cost him um, – playoff spot because he seems to have one game where he cannot get it together and last year it was against LSU so yeah and they'll go and make it to the playoffs and beat Alabama in the SEC championship because some people for some reason are talking about the Florida Gators like they might do something that that's another possibility um you know a lot of people like coach corner saying it's going to be those two powerhouses but this could be the year that we see some of these underdog teams coming up and taking the title this year. Yeah, I hope so. Um, Clemson's going to be hard to beat. And, you know, this is – I kind of rag the Clemson fans about this. Is They play all year, and if you look at their schedule, at the end of the season, they beat people in the playoffs because they're healthy because they didn't play any teams. They couldn't. They didn't get hurt during the season because their teams are so easy they play. <laughs> yeah, they, they got the easy schedule. It's the free ride all the way up through the playoffs. Yeah, and they're not hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, they're a really good, really, really good team. They're going to be hard to beat. Yeah. That boy's tiny is one of the best coaches I've ever seen as far as a person and a coach, so I can't deny that. Yeah, you got to just give respect where it's due with Dabo and Clemson. They've done a yeah. lot over the years and just earned a lot of respect from – you know, all of college football. And Georgia opens up their season uh, today, actually, um, at Vanderbilt, and it's a game that got moved to ESPN. Are you going to be watching that game tonight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be watching it. Vanderbilt's always been scary. Now, the last two years, it hadn't been, but before that, Vanderbilt's always been a scary opponent for Georgia. For some reason, it always stayed close. 
but last year it wasn't close at all. So hopefully they continue that on because Vanderbilt's coach is a he's a good coach and he keeps bringing in better players every year. He don't get the players that Georgia and Alabama gets, but he gets a couple every year and he's getting better and better. So they got to watch out for them guys. Yeah, and uh, what are you looking forward to seeing um, in this game tonight? Well, I want to see Jake Fromm comfortable because, you know, the NFL's talking about him, which was a great story because he was kind of a no-name. He came to Georgia planning to be like a third-string quarterback, and they brought in uh, they had Jacob Eason, and then Eason got hurt, and they put in Fromm, and he turned out to be now he's an NFL quarterback yeah so that him from going from nobody to nothing so i hope he plays good and he's relaxed plays good this year and if he stays around next year and i want to see samir white with the ball and see how that goes and see some of these new defensive players that they picked up that's supposed to be great they got a bunch of top five defensive players so i'm excited about that the wide receiver core is supposed to be really good they got in, so. Yeah. I'm worried uh, about defensive backs, and that's it. But I think with the coaching they got, they'll be fine. Yeah, I'm excited to see the um, offense just really attacking Vanderbilt just from the first snap, just staying on the attack all game long. Uh, that's what we saw Clemson do on Thursday. They got a 52-14 uh, to 14 win against Georgia Tech. So if Georgia can um, somewhat replicate that and just be on the attack from the first snap, that's what I want to see. And I want to see um, just some solid, organized uh, play on defense. And so revamp defense, like you said, and see if the corners uh, can step up and play and some of the new guys that they brought in at wide receiver, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah, and I think they will. There's, every year at the beginning of the year, there's a few mistakes and people – not sticking to what they're supposed to. So that'll happen, but I think they'll get through Vanderbilt. Yeah, and I think the most important part is just that they stay healthy tonight. Um, they got a long season ahead of them, and especially if they want to do good in the playoffs, they just got to make sure they stay healthy and don't lose any key guys here week one. State, so that's going to get them some work in, and the backup should get a lot of work in there. And then they got the big game against Notre Dame, week four. Yep, that's going to be a that's going to be a big one. And then from there, it starts on all SEC play. So the SEC, the SEC, that's a that's an easy conference, Steve. Come on now. Well, you know the same. I mean, everybody, <laughs> experts tell you that it's the hardest conference in the country, which. <laughs> You know, there's some people that argue that the ACC is, but just because you got one good team in the ACC don't mean they're the best conference around. They might have the best team in the country, but not the but one team don't make the whole conference. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> somebody somebody might knock them out. You know, I've got a friend who's from Syracuse, and he's really pumped up thinking that this could be the year that Syracuse puts a stop to Clemson. I don't <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but he's really pumped up about it. Yeah. I mean, you never know. You got, like, yeah. Texas A&M and I think uh, some other teams that are up in there. He's got the uh, – he says they that 
Syracuse has them two defensive ends that are going to be really, they're going to step up. They're all, all pro defensive ends. So, yeah. But stopping Clemson, that's still going to be hard no matter if you got all pro defensive ends or not. Yep. And uh, so we're, we're going to switch it over off of college football. And you're also a big Atlanta Falcons fan. Is that right? Yep, that's right. I'm going to, I have to go with my home team, Atlanta Falcons. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Atlanta Falcons. I was really disappointed last year. Yeah. What happened, so, so hopefully. I don't know if you heard my predictions, but I'm not too hot um, on the Atlanta Falcons. I think I said like seven and nine, missing playoffs. But, I mean, as a Falcons fan, do you think they'll make playoffs? It's gonna to be tough. Their schedule is really, really tough. Yeah, it was it was really hard to give them uh, wins here and there when I was doing my rankings and predictions. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they they just got a tough schedule. Um, it's not a roster or talent problem for Atlanta. It's just the teams that they're playing this year. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. And so I hope they make the playoffs. We'll see. I mean, they've got the talent. They could do it. If they they just got to pull off some of these wins, like they could lose by three points or a touchdown last year, and they've got to win those games. And Matt Ryan, he's really something. He's ready to go because they're scared. I mean, yeah, and uh, the uh, Colts and the Titans and Texans. Yep. And they got uh, Donta Freeman. He's coming back at running back. Um, he was hurt last year, and then a lot of um, players on defense. So they got a little, a lot of high hopes. Um, Julio Jones, he could, um, well, he will this year be the franchise leader uh, for receiving yards for the Falcons. He only needs 133 yards to pass Roddy White. And um, right now they're – um, putting together a contract for him that's going to make him in line to be the highest paid wide receiver, um, surpassing Michael Thomas's um, five year, $100 million contract. So, I mean, what do you think? Do you think they're going to yeah. overpay a 30 year old wide receiver? Well, uh, he's that good, except for if he'll quit sitting out and being hurt every time he stubs his big toe. Yeah. <laughs> He gets hurt, does his big toe, and he sits out. That's not going to rub you something. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he's good, and he can get the money good for him, but they need to put in there. If you hurt your big toe and you sit out for two weeks, then you need to give back some of the money. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, entering his fourth year of a five-year, uh, $71.25 million contract. So he's obviously going to get a huge raise from that uh, deal if he wants to be the highest paid receiver. But you're right. Like Julio, the problem with him has always been injuries and um, not really getting much snaps on offense. But he, when he comes in, he's dominant. So if he's fully committed to the team and stays healthy, he's definitely worthy of all that money. Yeah. Let me walk over here. My phone cut out a little bit, girl. Uh, You're fine. Uh, yeah, so, 
yeah, he's uh, um, he's all that. He's got to stop being hurt and doing, yeah, just get up. Right. He's going to make that money out there and earn it and help the team win. Yeah. Which they got a couple other good receivers, too, that help them out. Yeah, Calvin Ridley and Muhammad Sanu and all those guys. Oh, yeah, Ridley's pretty good. Yeah. Head up the straw already. So, and Freeman, hopefully, he's not going to sit out unless he has to. Yeah. Especially, what was that? They got this other new little running back they got. They picked up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been doing good in the uh, preseason. Or that Edo Smith done good last year, and then they got that Kenyon Barner now. So hopefully, see if he still got some talent left. Yep, and then the. I want to talk about this real quick, Steve. The, the biggest news from last week is Andrew Luck's um, shocking retirement. And, I mean, I don't know if you're a big fan of Andrew Luck, but he's a fan favorite from all around the league. He's just a, a good player, good teammate, um, just all around a good guy. What do you think about his sudden retirement? I am an Andrew Luck fan big time because he's a great guy and he's just- He's a good overall person. I was really shocked because he's got a lot of good years left. So I'm not sure why he done that. I mean, he he could prove himself a lot in the NFL with still a lot more stats, and he could probably win some big games. So I'm not sure why he done that. I know he's had a lot of serious injuries, and maybe he went to Stanford and he got all that degree and stuff to be a doctor. So maybe that's what he's wanting to focus on, and it's healthy for him and he just figures his continues his life a little longer by getting away from football because he hit, yeah he hurt his kidney lacerated his kidney or something and so it's sad to see him go because he's just a really good player and i was excited about the colts this year thinking that they may make a little run so it was shocking and i don't i mean yeah a lot it, of people it, mad it, about it. it definitely um alters all of my predictions I had for that division. Um I had the I think the Colts winning winning it and then so now it's wide open. I mean you got Nick Foles and the Jaguars, you got um Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans, although they just traded Jadavion Clowney um thirty minutes ago. But still you got that team. Yeah, they just traded them to the uh Seahawks for a third round pick, a defensive uh defensive end and a linebacker. To the Seahawks. Yeah, that was big news. I thought, I thought he was for sure going to stay there. I thought he was going to be a, a lifetime Texan. So, yes, I was wrong about that one. Yeah, it's... Back to the division, Nick Foles, he just knows how to win. Yeah. So, they got a chance. Deshaun Watson, I think, can be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Just, you know, he got hurt, but... Yeah, and they just need more help on the offensive line to help him out. And if they got a... They got. They need a running back now. Um, Lamar Miller is out with the ACL, but they um, have toyed with trading for uh, Melvin Gordon, is what I've heard, and they also might get uh, Lashawn McCoy, who just got cut from the Bills. Yeah, you think McCoy has some time left? Uh, he might. He might just be a little stopgap guy for one year until Lamar Miller comes back if uh, Houston brings him back. Yeah, McCoy, he just needs to get his head straight. He, he could be really good again. Yeah, but it's 
definitely yeah. sad um, seeing what happened to Andrew Luck. Through six years, he had a torn cartilage and two ribs, a partially torn abdomen, a lacerated kidney, at least one concussion, a torn labrum, and then this year the mysterious uh, calf ankle injury. So he's been through a lot, and he's just mentally and physically, I guess, done with the game. And he's just going to go and travel the world with his family, I think he said, and just live out the rest of his life. And maybe we could see him come back uh, later down the road, but I think he might be done. Yeah, I think he might. But you, that list you just named, you just think about it. That's some serious stuff. Um, lacerated kidney and stuff, that's serious stuff. So you kind of can't blame him. And he is a smart guy. He went to Stanford, so you know he's smart. Um, and, you know, he wants to – we all love football, but football's not the end of the world. I mean, he's got a family, and if he's got the money, it's going in. He becomes a doctor because that's what he studied for. Uh, he could do that and spend time with his family and not be hurt. There's nothing wrong with that. As many, I know a lot of people are mad, but he's a good guy and he's smart. He wants to be with his family. Yeah, it was really um, disturbing just watching the fans boo him off the field after all he's done for that team. And he's been a genuine good guy, and he's just making an executive decision for, for his life. And they're just not really respecting him through that, and it's just hard to see. Yeah, I mean, it's spur of the moment. They heard the news, and you know, football fans don't. Most, a lot of them probably said, "Why did I boo him?" You know, but you know that they got the announcement, and then right at that moment, they booed because they were upset. They're football fans; they love it. That's one of they were excited. Hey, Andrew's going to take us maybe to the promised land. So I bet a lot of them feel bad about it and shouldn't have done it, but I don't blame them for the – I wouldn't have done it, but I don't blame them for doing it at the moment. I think they'll feel bad uh, later, but yeah. it's just one of the things that happens. Bam, bam, you boo, and they say, why did I do that for? He was a good guy. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it's over for the Colts. Um, you know, they got Jacoby Brissett, who's, I think, a proven starter. And he easily could have been a starter on another team, but he stayed, and now he's the starter. And he's a he's a leader at the quarterback position. You know, he sat under Tom Brady for a while, uh, played a couple of games in New England, and then sat behind Andrew Luck. And I think he's ready, and this might be his time to shine. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, – he's, he came out of NC State, I think. Yeah. He's, um, yeah, I watched him play a little bit. I liked him. He was a pretty good quarterback. So he might do good, and then they got a uh, they pick up. Uh, you know who I'm really pulling for? Who's that? Chad Kelly. Oh uh, yeah. And I think he could be a great NFL. And maybe with him being on that team, that obviously he's got his head straight because he got in a lot of trouble. He was a bad boy. <laughs> yeah. He, he could be really good. I like him. Yeah. Um, so we're going to uh, wrap it up. We're going to do the uh, last segment of the podcast that I started with Coach Corn. Um, it's called the In Your Feelings. So we're just going to get you into your feelings here, Steve, and just ask you some questions. And then you're just going to – I'm crying. You got me in my feelings. I'm crying already. So the first one I'm going to ask you about is uh, Julio Jones again. 
Uh, what are your thoughts on him saying that he's going to get 3,000 receiving yards this year? What do I think about it? Yeah. I think that's great. Have confidence. Go out there and tell them what you're going to do to them and then try your best to do it. I like that. I don't think there's nothing wrong with him saying what he thinks he's going to do. That's good. you got to have confidence and believe it. Yeah. And then, so the next one is, what is your expectations for the Atlanta Falcons going into this year? Like, for real expectations or what I want? <laughs> <laughs> like, for real expectations. Okay, so I want them to go 12 and 4. My real expectations is, uh, God, I don't want to, I don't like to say this, <laughs> but um, I, right now, my real gut, true gut feeling is they won't make the playoffs, but I hope they turn it around. I think they got the talent to make the playoffs, but. Until they prove me wrong, I don't see them making the playoff. All right, and then what about expectations for your Georgia Bulldogs? Mm-hmm. I think Kirby's got to figure out to have his team ready for the starting quarterback or the backup quarterback for Alabama. Practice the team for both quarterbacks and have them be able to get their minds set to change over. Because I think he's got Alabama's number. And the team's just – the team wasn't ready the last two years. They practiced for Hurts. The other boy came in and beat them. Then they practiced and they shut down – is it Tagliavoli? Yeah. They shut him down. They were ready for him and then Hurts come in at a complete thousand percent different style and they weren't ready for it. But now one of them's gone, so. Yeah. I think expectations is they'll beat Alabama this year in the SEC championship. And go to the playoff, and I'm really thinking Georgia and Clemson, but we'll see. Well, that's that's a little bold prediction, a lot different from what we heard from Coach Corn. So that's why I have you guys on the show just to hear all the different um, viewpoints from just people around the around the world. So, well, yeah, I know Coach Corn, and I know he just. He thinks with emotion and stuff, not with his real brain. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, he's Coach Horn's a good guy. And it's so hard to predict college football. But, of course, I think Georgia has the talent to do that this year. Yeah. And if I didn't think they'd have the talent, I would put them in a bowl game and that's it. But I think they do got the talent. They picked up a lot of top defensive players, recruited them, so – that defense gets to rolling, they get the offense they've got, they should. They can do it unless they just go out and completely blow it in a game or two. Yep, so you think this is the year? I think so. All right, well, we're just going to have to see how it plays out. Um, we're going to definitely watch the uh, Georgia-Vanderbilt game tonight and then some other games if we got time. Um, thank you for joining me today, Steve. All right, Cole, I enjoyed it. Call me anytime. We'll check in maybe mid-season, see how it's going. And I appreciate you letting me on. And I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, I'll see you after a while. All right, buddy. All right. All right, so thank you guys for watching uh, the Slaws, or listening to the Slaw Sports Show today. Huge thank you um, to Steve Studwell Pritchard for joining the show. And If you haven't got the chance to, go back and check out some of the other episodes. But other than that, that wraps up this episode. So I will see you guys next time.